This is like our first time meeting. Yeah. Mijo, yeah. what's up, buddy? Good to meet you. Thanks Thank for you for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. This Thursday, today, as we're releasing this, Nico, it's yeah. Monday. So this Thursday, we have the Ted Jones Comedy Show Pride Edition at the Moxie Lower East Side. I'm yes. pumped. Are you pumped, Nico? Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm so... Uh, you're from Georgia, correct? Yeah, I'm from Savannah. And then Savannah how long Georgia. have you been in Brooklyn? I moved to New York like two years ago. A little over two years ago. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you were in Georgia just like for your whole life up until yeah, two years I, ago? Yeah, I grew up there and then I, I went to school in North Carolina. I went to Wake Forest University. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually had a couple friends who went there. I've, I had a few friends who went to school in North Carolina in general. Yeah. University of North Carolina. Yeah. Duke, Wake Forest. What would you do at Wake Forest? I uh, So I, ended, I played soccer there, which is how I ended up there. Oh, wow. Yeah, because you, you played college Yeah, tennis? I played college tennis at yeah. UConn. Yeah. Oh, word. Okay, very yeah, cool. Very man. cool. Yeah, I, uh, I played. That's how I ended up there. I just played soccer there. But I... Studied English, just kind of did what I what I could. Were you just like always into soccer your whole your whole life, or what? Yeah, yeah. Growing up, I just like I started playing when I was like five and just loved it, stuck with it. And thankfully, my parents were like into taking me all over the southeast to were play. Were you like travel soccer too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, big time travel soccer was like my whole childhood. So you were recruited all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Did you know Freddie Adu, or how old are you? I, I knew of Freddie Adu, yeah. but it I we like. Not in the same like age. Level. Isn't it? Was, cr well, it was, it's crazy though that like he had such a promising career trajectory, and I yeah. feel like just fell off. Yeah, I listen to a lot of soccer podcasts now. And oh I, yeah, and there's been a couple times they mostly feature like like the Premier League in England and they're British guys. But every once in a while, they'll talk about like American players that play over there now. And they're yeah. like, I hope he's not another Freddie Adu. <laughs> like, <laughs> Is he still playing? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. It's I crazy. Think, yeah, there's like I mean, there's a big problem in soccer with kidding kids when they're like. 15 and like being like oh this is like the next guy protege or next woman whatever and then like they're just you know it's too young it's like you're not even physically especially for men you're not even physically peaked at that point so. i was watching like a little mini documentary on youtube uh, about ryan sheckler and it was kind of like the same situation yeah. i feel like 10 15 years ago we, we were picking up prodigies a little bit too early like Probably. offering kids scholarships when they were like 13 to 14 years old and then yeah. essentially they're like wouldn't make it to the big leagues or whatever it was. Yeah, it's huge in women's soccer. I mean, they'll like like big schools will recruit like eighth, eighth graders, ninth graders. It's like it's like verbal commit, as uh -huh. you know. But it's but still, it's like so you play quite young. you played women's soccer at yeah, uh, Wake yeah, Forest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when did you transition? I transitioned. Cool uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, like two years ago. So around the same time I moved here. So I all that my soccer career all predates all that. So it was women's soccer. Were you thinking about going pro in soccer? Like, did you have the ability to go pro in uh, female soccer? I maybe could have gone like overseas and played in like because they just have more leagues over there. Yeah. They like, really have the one NWSL in the U.S., uh -huh. which is I wasn't good enough for that. But I have some. I have a couple like really close friends that are still playing, which is cool. Like in well, the U.S. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. So it's fun to like keep up with them and like watch watch them play. How is the salary in Major League Soccer? just for men and women. Like, I, I don't imagine you guys are making so much money, right? It's gotten better. Uh, the MLS, I think the for the men, the least they'll make is like 50, so I think. So it's like the league minimum? Yeah. I for the think, pros? Yeah, and then for the okay. women, it's gotten better. I think it's like 40 or 50 now too, but it used to be like, 12k or something what? it's bad <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that reminds me of just like the minor leagues in tennis now when you yeah. look and you watch uh like the grand slams the u.s open australian open wimbledon or french open all the prize money is the same but it's just when you start going into the lower tier tournaments yeah. where the prize money can just be all over the place so yeah. like that's a that's a step forward in having the For same sure. prize money For even sure. though that men people say that men are playing more hours through, throughout the tournament but i feel like we should just make it the same I mean, I don't know how much you follow tennis, but I feel like we should just make it the same scoring. It should yeah. be two out of three for everyone or three out of five sets for everyone. Oh, it's different. I didn't know that. It is different. So women are on court an average of like 
an hour and 30 to two hours throughout the whole tournament. And then men are on court for our like three to three and a half hours. Oh, during wow. the grand slam. So they play more, more sets on the yeah. men's side. So and that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, so men's that. play three out of five sets. They need to win three sets and the women only need to win two sets. That's crazy. So it's a little much in the men's game. Yeah. Especially just like with the amount of hours they're on the court. Yeah. Cause I don't think there's any like basketball, same amount of time on the court, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. Quarters. Well, I think women in the WNBA play like a little bit less time. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you think is more physical, uh, soccer or tennis? Mm. Did, you ever, did you know anyone on the tennis team at Wake Forest? Yeah, we knew a couple they were guys. really this guy, good. Yeah, this guy Petros was really good. I forget his last name. Uh, a kid who I grew up with, Noah Rubin. You know that name? Yes. He won the national championship. He was huge. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so I was 15 and he was 12 and I beat him in a match. It was dope. <laughs> he was playing the 16th. Dude, yeah. he was like five foot he was two. Like I was like yeah. six feet and I was just kicking serves over his head. Yeah. It was dope. So that was like probably the biggest win of my yeah. career. But, um, Claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's doing well right now. He has like a podcast behind, behind the net. I think it's called like that or behind the racket. Oh, cool. That's what it's called. So he's still doing a lot of tennis related stuff. That's great. But the facilities at Wake Forest are sick. Yeah. Super nice. Super nice. And they like redid a bunch of the athletic facilities when I was like a junior. So uh-huh. we got really nice stuff for like my like second two years there. Did you want to go to another division one program or was Wake Forest kind of like the number one choice i looked at a couple places uh virginia virginia tech duke some damn you were sick i i was okay i was okay (laughs) i was i was like i was gonna be like a mid-tier player at any of those schools but i was like good enough to like probably get to one of them Uh but i was i was not gonna be like i could have gone somewhere smaller and been like the best player but i'm i'm glad that i went somewhere where i was like able to be like more of a contributor and like, and now I'm friends with professionals. Like it, it, yeah. I, I liked it better and then have nicer stuff and like be at yeah, a better yeah, totally. school. I was like more drawn to that than like, it's like, I don't need to be the best. That was like me going to UConn. The main reason I went to UConn was because the basketball program was so good. Like the tennis yeah. program was not good at all. So we got like all the sick gear. Yeah. We got like the jerseys, the pants, the rackets, the whole nine. Yeah. That was like a, one of the reasons I wanted to go to a big yeah, school. Yeah, you get like like, abs- like just an insane amount of gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. amazing. You play all four years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So did you have any thoughts in your mind though about going pro or like what was the mindset behind because playing college anything is a lot yeah. on your body and then on your mind and then having to balance academics too. Yeah. It was definitely like when I first, when I was like in like, I guess when I was a freshman, I was going in, I was like, oh, maybe by the end of this, I'll be good enough and I'll do it. But you know, as time went on, it became clearer to me that that was like not going to be my trajectory. Probably uh-huh. after like a year and a half there, I was like, that's not going to be for me. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not good enough. But I also started, uh, I joined our like college sketch comedy group when I was in my junior year. And then I was like, oh, this is actually what I like. But you to had do. time to do that even being on the team? Hardly, hardly. Yeah. I was juggling a lot and I missed a lot of that kind of, st- like I, I missed a lot of the sketch stuff because I obviously had to take, you know, priority with soccer. That was my primary commitment but i was able to do enough of both uh and i really enjoyed it and i was like well this is what i like so i was able i was kind of like that's where i'm going to try instead something uh, probably just as hard of a career yeah, path. yeah definitely <laughs> i was on the tennis team for two and a half years and then once i stopped playing it allowed me to take these acting and drama classes because they were mostly in the night at yeah. uconn and like during the time when we would have two hour practice or we had we'd have fitness so it was really an opportunity where I like I just completely transitioned into wanting to you know pursue comedy acting whatever it was improv. Did you do any improv? No, never did improv. Up? Never did improv. Going from 
I guess Wake Forest, and then did you go back to Georgia, and then back to New York. How did that? Be, how did yeah, that start? I got a job at a school working at a law firm. I was a paralegal for a horrible job. I, anybody who wants to do it, don't. <laughs> what was it? What was Save that? Some yourself. form of English major? Yeah, what I was an English doing? major. I was an English major, and I was so just, just like reading and writing yeah, a lot. Yeah, and I was like, I want to uh. go. I want to go to New York. I want to be able to like pursue comedy. And I was like, I just need to get a job to get up there. So I took this job at a law firm, and I graduated in 2019. So I was there for like not even six months, and then COVID hit, and then I went back home to my parents house in savannah and just like worked from home for like two years almost and then moved back up here and was like try again <laughs> and quit that job and now i i coach little kids in soccer and it's much better yeah yeah what made you want to get into comedy what was like was, was there a spark i i always uh, like my parents were really good about like showing me like snl and like comedians they liked when i was growing up so i remember i would i would watch like snl clips on sunday morning and just like memorize all of Kristen wiggs like sketches and stuff and just like insistently say it over and over again to whoever would listen and uh so I was just really into it as a kid and then you know kind of got more into soccer and got more serious about that and then like kind of had a renaissance of like realizing I really liked it again when I saw that sketch group perform in college I was like oh this is amazing like I can't believe people are actually doing this like that's so cool and then just kind of like sparked it in me to be like that's what I want to do and then we had an open mic night at like a which is my first time doing stand-up, was at this open mic at, like, a coffee shop on campus. And I was like, well, this is what I really like. Like, this is fun. I like being up here by myself just saying whatever I want to Were say. there a ton of people at that open mic? Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was, like, a nice, like, big, you know, they got, you know, plenty of students to come in and fill it. And, right. like, that's the friendliest audience in the world because they, like, totally. want it's you to like succeed. Totally, your friends there, yeah, too. Yeah, so, and you can just kind of, like, fuck with them and they love that. So it's not, like, real comedy. I'm sure what I was saying was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good enough to give you confidence to keep you yeah, going, right? Yeah, yeah, so, What was it like growing up in Savannah, Georgia? It was, um, was it like a city environment at all or how did that look? It's, High it's pretty, life? it's pretty small. Uh, it's got, uh, Savannah college of art and design is down there. So SCAD. SCAD, yeah, okay. which is cool. One of so my, I, oh, sorry, I went to a perf, I went to professional children's school, which is a performing arts here in New York. Oh, cool. So there were like four kids from my graduating class that went to Savannah college and art of the, Oh, and design. cool. Yeah, very yeah. cool. It's a, it's really cool. I mean, I think the school is like started in like the 80s or so. So it's kind of like been slowly transforming the city because it's very like old southern town, but like slowly but surely has gotten this like artistic wave that's come through that's really kind of revitalized nice. it. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been much. Uh, so like over my, you know, 20 years living there, it got like much cooler than it was when I when we first moved there. I was like, because I wasn't born there. I was born in Syracuse, New York, but we moved down there when I was like eight. And even as an eight-year-old, I was like, this place is crazy. Like, I don't know what's going on around here, but it slowly but surely got much cooler. My grandpa lives in DeWitt, yeah. which is up near Syracuse. That's where and I'm from. then my sister went to Syracuse. So we were up in Syracuse visiting my grandpa like six weeks ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, I, I was born in DeWitt. That's where I'm from. Super nice up there, like lush-wise, yeah. but like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. No yeah. offense. Yeah. And it's only it's only <laughs> lush for like three months. <laughs> yeah. Later. And then yeah. it's just freezing it's the other time. So There's just cold. foxes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why my parents left. They were like, we can't do this. We, we can't do what this. What brought them down to Savannah? Because my dad got a new job and they were like, oh, okay. we need to get somewhere warm. We've been here for 30 years. We can't do it. <laughs> do you have brothers and sisters too? Yeah. I got two little sisters and a younger brother and they're still living in savannah uh no well so they're all graduated now one lives here in the city uh she's the one under me and then under her is she goes to school in atlanta and then my brother just graduated and he's going to school in athens georgia what's it been like in the big city for you it's been good i really like it it's been i mean i i think this is the place i've meant to be and so that's been uh, very cool yeah so just like waking up in the in the morning and you're cool with all the sirens, all the noise on the street. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Brooklyn, so it's not quite as hectic okay. as it is over here in Manhattan. But yeah. like, I mean, I, I love the, I don't know, I was away for, you know, on vacations and stuff. You know, I've gone out of the city, obviously, in the last two years. And mm -hmm. then I, every time I come back, I'm like, this feels right. Like this wavelength is like what I'm at. And I think I like it much better than 
quiet. It seems like your career is moving at a pretty quick pace since you moved to New York City. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it is. I've been very lucky. I've been gotten a lot of cool opportunities and that's been a, b lucky and fun. And I'm, I, it's definitely like a lot quickly, but it's been it's been really cool. Any like downs in the New York comedy game where you've felt like, oh, maybe I have to go home for a little bit or I want to go back home or homesickness? I haven't really felt homesick. I mean, I think everybody gets like the pretty natural, like, you know, you're, you get yourself in a point where you're like comparing yourself to other people or trying to like track, you know, I think we all like lack a, a structure to what a tr career trajectory in this industry looks like. Yeah, 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 so I think it's kind of natural to look for influence from other people or like, how did somebody else do this? Or how did somebody else get that? But then you can get yourself into that like comparison game, which is, you know, a losing, a losing battle every time. So <laughs> yeah. I try not to do that, but uh -huh. um, yeah, you know, we will have months where you're, you're on a lot of shows and you're not, and then you're on a lot of shows and you're not. So getting used to like kind of riding that wave has been a bit of an adjustment, but it's been, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. I, I love it here. But it also just seems like coming from a small town in Georgia and then coming to New York and getting so many opportunities, like this is the place where you're supposed to be. You know, yeah. you didn't go from like Savannah to maybe Atlanta and then mm -hmm. to LA and then to your New York. It's just like you ran straight to New York. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I never really had any... I've never been out west, so I was like, there. It didn't even really feel like LA was like an option because I've I've never been there. Like I at least uh -huh. visited New York, so I like knew what I was like, where I was going. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd seen it, but I've I'd never been to LA before, like living here already. So I was like, I, I had no thought about even going out there. So I was like, I don't know anybody out there. Yeah, it's like so far from home. Did yeah. you come here with your family at all? Yeah, we visited a couple times. We visited a couple times. Like seeing Broadway plays yeah. and stuff. Yeah, when I was like a little kid, and pretty much just stayed in like Times Square area. Like, oh, didn't yeah? do anything fun. Yeah, Did you see the Lion King. We saw Wicked when I was oh, like, yeah, I need yeah. to see Wicked. Everyone's been talking about it. And it's been on Broadway for like 20 years. It's great. It's really good. I need to see Aladdin. You see Aladdin? I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it. Yeah, dude, I need to see that. I've seen Wicked. I've seen Book of Mormon, which is excellent. I, yeah, I got to see that one, one too. Yeah, that's a, that's a really funny one. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how you've adjusted to New York and how maybe how you're treated in in the industry. Do you feel like... Being in New York, you're more accepted, okay, identifying as a male as opposed to being in Savannah, Georgia and identifying as a male. So how's that been for you? Yeah, I I, I wasn't out in Savannah, so I, I was out as queer. So I was able to, I was doing comedy in Savannah for like a very brief amount of time yeah. before I moved up here. And I, surprisingly, like I, I was a little nervous about that, like how it was going to go, but it actually was pretty nice. Like the scene there is like very welcoming and like was it also like a lot of open mics there that a lot of people in the town would show up to or was it like legit shows yeah How it was they have four open mics a week and it's at these little bars and there's like usually like some people that are just patrons of the bar who you know surprise it's an open mic <laughs> so they're like there to watch mm -hmm. uh, but it's like the same like 15 folks who are doing you know they're like a lot of MCs same comedians and, yeah okay. yeah um, and a couple SCAD students so that's always cool actually one of my best friends now in the city she went to SCAD and we met in Savannah and then she just happened to move up here too so now, and now we're like the best friends right my friend Jesse, but um, anyway, so I don't have a lot of like, I can't compare to how it would be to be like a trans comic there because I didn't do it there, but I, it's been great here. I mean, it's been really cool. I think one of the things that I've loved about being up here, why it feels so much like home is like there's so many queer comedians and like queer people that are always around and doing stuff. So it feels like, you know, in Savannah, I was talking about stuff that nobody else was talking about, whereas here it's like, oh, I talk about this stuff on stage. People in the audience get it. Other comics are also talking about this kind of stuff. It feels like I'm not the odd one out all the time. And that's been really cool to like, I don't know, just be around people who want to be talking about, you know, trans people and their life experience and like people who, even if they don't experience it, are like open to hearing about it. And that's been really cool. Like the audience members want to hear more about diversity. You yeah. Feel? I feel like they definitely are, or at least are like uh, aware of like, you know, if you're, you're not throwing at 
terms at them that they've never heard before. You know what <laughs> like, I mean? like, what? like, how do you mean? Like if I use the word like trans versus cis to, a, you know, how somebody might identify like, you know, with the gender. Can you explain somebody. the difference? Yeah. So like trans is if you're uh, born assigned one gender at birth and then you transition. If you're cis, you identify as the gender you were born assigned at birth. Um, so, but you know, the shorthand is for that is just cis or cisgender. And like, sometimes you throw that out to an audience and they're like, no idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, here it seems like, you know, people generally are like pretty on the ball with that kind of stuff. Cause they're just used to hearing it because they're in a major metropolitan area when you start to go on the road do you think like your material would need to change as if it were in new york or how do i you don't feel know i think it kind of depends like i mean there's a lot of comics now who have done a really great job of like you know getting a big online presence and you know using you know social media platforms to get their clips out and i think they are able to like reach the people who are interested in their stuff so then when they go to sell out tours it's the people that want to come see them and already understand that kind of stuff, um, which is a cool, I, I think that's like one of the helpful parts of social media is like, maybe I'll be able to reach like all the queer people that live in Wisconsin and then I can go to Wisconsin versus like, if I just do like a tour, that's maybe not, you know, kind of just like booking out clubs and just hoping whoever comes, comes, then we'll see. I think my material generally is pretty, I, I've tried to make it so that people who aren't on the in-group would understand what I'm talking about as long as they're open to hearing it. I think, you know, it's not like inaccessible in that way, but yeah. um, definitely it's like a, a learning curve. I saw you perform at Ray's probably like, I don't know, six or eight months ago or something. And I just remember hearing your material and thinking like just learning stuff while I was listening to you and like also just feeling so included and not uncomfortable. Like people would think that maybe if they saw something that they weren't comfortable with that they automatically wouldn't get, but uh, your material just like makes everybody feel inclusive. Oh, I thank you. Like. Yeah. That was a fun show. That's um Flourish show. When she yeah, used to do yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. So that was like probably six, eight months yeah, ago. Yeah. Something like that in the little basement. That bar is, uh, is the uh, one that cousin Greg from Succession owns. Yeah. And it was like so, every girl in that audience was like hoping he'd be there. It was like the vibe of the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. One of my buddies is a regular, so he's always upstairs playing pool at that table. Yeah. So I'll go down there sometimes. Oh, that's awesome. And hang out with him. Yeah. Uh, but that's funny. What's been your best moment in comedy so far uh, being here for two years? And then what was it like coming here, I guess, right after COVID? Where were you during COVID? What was the terrain? Like, did you think that the world was shutting down? Let's go from March 2020 until... I guess now, comedy yeah. wise. March 2020, I wasn't really doing comedy yet. I was working at the that law firm, kind of like not knowing what to do, wanting to get into comedy, but having no idea how to do so, or like, and just no, it was way too busy well, at that were, stupid job. Were, well, were you doing sketches at all? <laughs> no, I wasn't doing anything. I was just, I was just working and like, just kind of fucking around and like, like saying, oh, I want to do comedy, but not actually doing it. You know, like I was still in that phase of being very like juvenile and being like, maybe this will like fall into my lap, you know, not knowing how to like actually go out and were you always the funny person in your friend group though yeah yeah i was always i was like always like the you know my team's like kind of class clown character and always like making people laugh so i it, it's something that's always been like interesting to me but i in terms of like the industry of it i had no idea how to like start um and so march 2020 moved back to my parents house in savannah georgia worked from home from there and was just kind of like like everybody just like reading and hanging out with my parents and binge watching Shit's Creek with my mom and like, just like <laughs> yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff you know doing making new fun cocktails like doing Tiger King yes we did watch that we did watch Tiger King we loved that one <laughs> yeah that was like the last like I feel like that's like one of the only like 
monoculture, like must-see TV. Like everybody seemed to be Dude, watching that I at know. the same I think time. I think it's because of the COVID thing, too. No, it for must sure. have been. For sure, yeah. It I was do miss that, though. I miss that story. I like, wonder if she killed him, timing. if she killed her husband. Don't mean to spoil it for you guys, for but sure. if you yeah, haven't you watched haven't it, Tiger yeah, King. Right? <laughs> Carol Baskin killed him. Yeah, for sure. Killed her husband, whacked him, right? <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> Something that was, like that. That was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we watched that. But anyway, so was there for a while, and then like uh, kind of on the tail end of that, there I was like, I, I want to start doing stand up i'm gonna see if there's any open mics in savannah and just kind of looked on facebook and they had like a bunch of stuff outdoors and there was no restrictions in savannah at the time because they like hardly took covid seriously so there was plenty of open mics and i was like all right i'm gonna go check these out and just started doing them and i was doing nothing else in my parents house so i was like i'm this is the only thing to focus on right now so i just started doing it and you know got better rather quickly and then i was like all right i, I think i want to go back up to new york now that i know how to like what do you mean go back up to new york though because i was up here briefly but I, for a job, for, for my job, yeah. yeah, yeah, for my job. So then I was like, all right, I'm, I'm moving back, but this time I'm gonna actually try to pursue comedy. So then I moved back up here. And then once I got vaccinated, I just started doing open mics here through like Facebook pages and stuff, and started meeting people, and then just kept meeting people and getting booked on shows and doing my thing, and then just you know now just doing shows here in the city, you know, as regularly as I can. So. Did you meet a roommate on Craigslist? How did you find, did you, or did you live alone up here? I met, I met a roommate through a friend of a friend from college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of pseudo random, but he's, he's the best. It worked out really nicely. It seems like I saw that you're performing 30 minutes pretty soon. When are you doing that? Yeah. Uh, on uh, June 27th at Littlefield, if anybody watching wants to come check Lit. it out. You had to for 30 minutes pretty fast. Honey. Yeah. 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 I did. Uh, he, my, my, uh, writing partner and like co-producer who I run my show with, uh, Connor Janda, he's also doing, he's doing half hour as well. We did yeah. it for the first time in October. Uh, and it was cool. I was like, uh, I don't know. It was kind of like, you never get that much stage time. So it was like yeah. daunting to like figure out like the sure. pacing of, but I've done a bunch of college shows now. So I've had to do like an hour, like several times. So I'm feeling a lot better about being on stage for a long time. What's that been like since you're kind of around the same age as those seniors and juniors, right? Yeah, so I'm 25. So I would, I, I was like, you know, you think when you're in college, you're like, I was an adult, like I was yeah. whatever. And then you go back and you see these kids and they're like, they're kids. Like, yeah, like, some drinking of, four locos yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the stands. Yeah, some of them seem like, you know, a little bit more adult and a little bit, and like, oh, if they say you're a senior, like, oh, yeah, you seem ready to go out into the world. But some of them are like, you're like, you are still like a kid. Like, this yeah, is, sure. Which is interesting because then their sensibility is a little bit strange. Like they definitely are more interested in like a little bit more like kind of low ball or like lowbrow comedy, like more like sex jokes and like drugs jokes and like things like any reference to that they eat up. But anything that's Beer. a little bit more like highbrow, they're like, I don't get shit right over their head. So, yeah, but it was cool. I what, like doing the college shows. What colleges? I did a bunch in the in the Northeast. I did like a couple in Maine, a couple in uh, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, a couple, yeah, just different spots. I did like the NACA Oh, right, right, right. I have heard yeah. Of that. yeah, yeah. Nice. What do you think your comedy long-term goals are? Just building up to that hour and then releasing it on some platform or however yeah. that may be, maybe it, YouTube? Yeah, it would be cool. I would love to do an hour. Um, I'm, I'm still like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm wanting to get, right now I just want to keep trying to get better at writing jokes because I, I, I've seen how much I've been able to grow in the last like two years and that just is making me optimistic that I will be able to like exponentially grow you know over the next like you know five ten years so i i'm definitely not like pressed to like get something out right now i just want to keep building on it and and start touring i would love to see like how the material does like outside of new york and like you know and go to other places and see other people and and get to expand you know a fan base before i'd want to like put something out because I, I don't have much of a i have like a decent following but nothing like crazy so i would love to be able to like expand that before i'm ready to like 
put anything out. Because I, I, that's the other thing about like putting stand-up clips up. I've been very like precious about that for so long. And I finally started putting some stuff out, but I just like, I don't know how you feel about this, but like you write something and it feels like this is so important and this is like a thing I made and I'm just going to throw it on the internet and hope people like it and like hope it, yeah. well, I don't know. Now it's not, it's not like sacred anymore. It's not like, it's like something people have seen. Well, do you feel like once you post it, you can never say it again? Is that like the kind of feeling you get? Not necessarily. I think there was part of me who f- that felt that way before, but then it's like, yeah, fuck nobody in this audience has seen your clip. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not like, or it's, it's just a very yeah. small percentage. It's, probably it's seen 30 the clip. seconds. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's not ever going to be like, yeah. So I don't feel that tied to it anymore, but there was a time where I was like, I don't know if I feel whatever. Just yeah, being kind of like too in my head about it, but isn't that so interesting how different it is between music and comedy? Yeah, you know, like you go to a concert, everybody's singing every word to every song and they love it. Yeah, but then if you go to a comedy show and you hear a joke that like you saw the comic you're before, pissed. dude, you're pissed. <laughs> yeah, fucked yeah, up yeah, yeah. Comics, you know, I know. I wish you could like get up <laughs> and play the hits. It's like, yeah, that's something like live comedy. I feel like people would love to see on TV, but it just makes it makes comedians more nervous. Yeah, they don't want to go to go to a show and then a person in the crowd or is, or in half the crowd has heard their material. Yeah. Before, you know, yeah. I heard something that like uh, Nate Bergatz one time did an encore and people were like, do this bit or do that. Like fans were like wanting him to do his old stuff. So maybe if you yeah, get to that level, people definitely. are like really wanting to see their And favorites. I think that in that situation, I think it's more story based. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. if you have a two or three minute story, people yeah. want to hear that story, but people might not want to hear like that 10 second joke where, yeah, 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 exactly. Cause then it gets a little bit boring. Yeah. What's been dating life? For, for you dating's good I have a, I have a girlfriend okay. uh, we've been dating for like a year and a half she's wonderful she's a comic as well we met doing like open mics uh, like a year and a half ago and she's from New York she's from she's from Boston yeah. Nice. You yeah. ever spend any time up in Boston? Yeah, we went up and visited her folks like, uh, I don't know, like last August. It was it was lovely. Got a lobster roll for the first time. It was Let's great. go. It was great. Yeah. Lather it in butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. Have your parents been super supportive of your transition? Yeah, they're great. I have, I have very good parents and siblings and everybody. They've been nothing but supportive about it, which is great. I feel and, very lucky. And also your career choice, your yeah. career path. Yeah, they. That's unreal. Dude. Yeah, That's great. They have more traditional. I mean, they're both, they're both doctors. They're both physicians and they kind oh, of okay. like hate. I mean, I think they like a lot of the aspects of their job, but they also feel, I think at times they, they want us kids to like go do something else. And interesting. I was lucky because when I was in Savannah, I was like doing my first couple open mics and they would come watch. My parents are very supportive. They would come watch with me and, uh, and like, you know, support. Cause like who else was going to come, I guess. And, uh, and I think it was helpful that they got to see like, not only that I was decent at it, but that I like really cared about it and worked really hard on it and would get up before work and write jokes and like go and then go out at night and do these jokes after like working a full, you know, nine to five job. I think they were like, okay, he takes it seriously. Yeah. He's treating it like a real job. He's good enough at it that we see like he might be able to do this. Like, well, you know, go, why not go do it? My parents are super supportive of my comedy too. And uh, it's interesting because your grandparents were probably on your parents to get a job, like being a doctor or a lawyer. And now it's just changed so much. Like being a doctor or a lawyer, it's just, you have to put in all of these hours and hours. And then by the time you're a doctor or your lawyer, you're 35 years old and potentially you can be successful in comedy by that time. Yeah. Those 15 years of work and no loans and like, yeah. Like oh my graduate gosh, schools dude. And stuff. Yeah. yeah people nuts. didn't think about that back then because of no. the world wars and yeah. shit like that you know what i mean no time to think about loans have yeah. you seen uh jury duty on amazon yet i fucking love that show dude it's i was crying at that show yeah it's so amazing funny. writing so funny for those of you who haven't seen it you gotta watch it yeah you have to see it. i can't even do it justice describing it but it's one guy who thinks he's in jury duty and then there's like 50 actors around him just doing everything 
in their power to make everything seem ridiculous whilst keeping it like a little bit normal. Yeah, it, I, I liked it a lot because I sometimes reality like shows like those kind of prank ish shows can be a little bit ethically ambiguous to me. Yeah. Like the Nathan for you, I wasn't sure how I felt yeah. about that. It was okay. a little, got a little bit like, well, do you mean rehearsal or in general? Rehearsal, rehearsal. Yeah. 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 The old Nathan for you is a little bit different, but the, uh, the rehearsal I thought got a little bit, I don't know, just got a little dark at times where I was like, Which I'm, parts I'm not sure. Obviously like the end with the kid was a little bit like, I'm not sure how to feel about that. But the, even like the first one that he did with the guy with the trivia who like stormed out and was like, you fucking ruined this for me. I was like, this is this whole guy's whole life. And now yeah. it's been kind of fucked with because he wanted to make a TV show. I don't know. Whatever is what it is. But he's a funny guy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. His uh, but jury duty, I thought, did a great job of like keeping it super light. And they like painted him in, like this guy came out looking like a fucking star. It was like, unreal. Yeah. How, how much of a star and like how nice of a guy. He yeah, came they out like to picked the perfect guy and they yeah. made him look good. <laughs> and it was, it was great. And so I really enjoyed that. It was like this is something we're not laughing at him at any point. Yeah, like, I never oh want to feel totally. like we're laughing at somebody. That doesn't feel right. But like yeah. when we're when it's like. You can see him kind of being like, this is weird. Like, it was great. It was so, and he did a great job. It was so fun. And I heard behind the scenes when it got a little bit too weird, they just had to chill in the courtroom for like six hours at a time. <laughs> you know, they were like, all right, it's getting too weird. Everybody just calm down. Don't do anything for six hours. I uh, am, am in the middle of watching Captain Phillips. You ever seen that? No. With Tom Hanks? No. And I'm like, 40 minutes in seems interesting. We'll yeah. see. Not, I haven't really been a movie guy, but I went to Air, the Michael Jordan movie by myself. Oh, I cool. saw a movie in the theater recently so i was like all right maybe i'll get back on my is movie is that the grind. one where they are talking about making a shoe yes and who's so many big is that ben affleck and uh, ben affleck matt and matt damon oh cool, cool. it's great it's you good? should see it if you're okay. interested if yeah, you're I, into see that it. Kind of I, I love those two so yeah and north carolina yeah 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 what was the let's go back to i guess college because i'm interested in this what was uh one of the other schools that you were thinking about going to or was it wake forest the whole time let me close this this is the garbage pit oh, over no here problem. uh wake was definitely the uh the like primary school i liked and uh, how far did you guys get in the national tournament we went to my junior and senior year we made it to the sweet 16 both years were you guys supposed to win though no, you we probably know. weren't supposed to win. I think we, uh, and I don't think we would have. I don't think we probably would have gone all the way. But I think there was one year we probably could have gone one more round and just got kind of last minute goal and whatever. But um, yeah, it was always exciting. Like we we won some some games on PKs every year. And oh, like, that's you know, exciting. It was really fun. So um, yeah, but I, I looked at a couple different ACC schools. I, I wanted to stay in like the Southeast where I grew up, and ACC is the best conference for soccer. Yeah. So I wanted to do that. And UConn uh, was pretty good at soccer too, right? Yeah, they're good. They're the good. men's team, we were. I think we won the national championship one year that I was there. Yeah, they. Like yeah, both men's and women's are pretty good at UConn. Yeah, and obviously both basketball teams are excellent. Women's basketball, fucking dynasty there. Yeah, insane. Yeah. How do you feel about the Brittany Griner situation? We could talk about that. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty tough. I mean, I it's disheartening to know that like American citizens are going to be, you know, stranded like that, and it sucks that she even had to go over there in the first place to not make enough money to, you know, she's the one of the best players in the WNBA, and she has to go over like overseas to play. It's ridiculous. It is crazy, and um, it just sucks that it like lingered on for so long and that she wasn't getting any help because it just, you know, it, sh it shouldn't be that way. And I, yeah. I saw a lot of people making comments online like, if this was LeBron. He's back yesterday, you know, like it's not like he's going to get stranded over there. So just sucks that it seems like there's a bit of a double standard for who's going to get helped. But would you think that there would be a better way for female athletes to be paid? Yeah, I don't know enough about like the way that the, you know, behind the scenes, like Structure the money works for them. It, yeah. But I, I kind of thought that the, the WNBA was like an arm of the NBA to kind of help fund and, you know, while they're still growing as a league to be able to like help make sure that players are getting paid adequately. But yeah, it also seems like nowadays, I mean like the, the games are getting like pretty good attendance and they're able yeah. to like kind of sustain themselves much better than they used to be. 
That's true. So that's true. I um, think I think women's sports in general. Um, I I mean the way the, when you watch women's tennis, like in women's college tennis, like it's honestly an impressive sport. Yeah. I like if you compare it to other types of women's sports, maybe there's it's not as well attended, but uh, women's volleyball in college is a super mm-hmm. attended well, and then. Like now that college athletes can get paid, I think it's going to be interesting because we'll start to see more male and female athletes on TikTok and yeah. Instagram, maybe doing like product sales, something like that. So I don't know. Would that be, have been an option for you or your team where you guys can like, I don't know, freaking do dances on TikTok and make money for it? Like Dude, make I, money from I TikTok? I wish. I kind of just missed that boat. I was you know like, what I, mean? I was probably like two years out of school when they started that, all that. Okay. So like, I just missed that. I wish. I always wanted to be, they started doing some more like uh, social media stuff. They like totally upped our social media platforms. Like when we, after I left, like they hired some real people to come like do Yeah, the I'm TV seeing that videos. now. Like all my yeah. reels, like legit music and yeah. like lacrosse and yeah. shit. We had a couple, we had a couple like kind of freelance guys. This guy Terrell would come do some awesome videos for us but he was like kind of freelance working for the school but they like for all the programs like got much better and they would do like they would mic some of the players up at like warm up oh, night so i was cool. so mad that i missed that because i would have loved to have been mic'd up at practice because yeah. I, I love to like talk shit and i would have i would have loved to to do like to know i was on and, and perform a little bit i would have yeah. eaten that let's up. go <laughs> those two girls at you miami the cavender girls do you, do you know, oh, what, I'm I don't know about? what do they play yeah there were two girls who played basketball at the university of miami they're they not playing their senior season and then they're just I guess trying to make money otherwise through other facets of basketball. Wow. But pretty cool that like this is starting to happen. People yeah. making real money through social media. Yeah. I mean, it's long overdue for the NCAA. I feel like they've been making Definitely a lot of money off of some athletes crazy. for a long time who are adults and deserve to be you know compensated for the money they're bringing in for these schools. Where is Mia Hamm these days? Mia Hamm, she's actually, she's, they're about to have a, uh, they're doing this. Are you familiar at all with a with female Rex, soccer player? Right? Yeah, with a Wrexham FC. Are you familiar with them? I've seen that. So it's the it's the Welsh soccer team. Wait, is that like Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You should watch the documentary. It's really good. Okay. It's uh, on Hulu. Uh, but so they basically like the English soccer system is that they have five leagues, and if you're if you are bottom three of your league, you get moved down to the lower league. But if you're top three, you get moved up. So there's like consequences to finishing last, basically. You don't just like suck that year. You get relegated yeah, down or okay. you get promoted if you do well. So they bought a team at the bottom of the league, like the bottom, bottom tier. And they're trying to like move them up as far as they can. It's kind of like the project that they're embarking on with this team. Um, they actually just moved up this year, which is exciting. They moved Let's up. Go. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, they're doing this like uh charity tournament uh seven v seven so there's some wrexham teams that are coming over and they're playing some like uh u.s women's like like stars like old school stars so like mia ham and some other like Rainy legends yeah so like go. some like legends are gonna come play in this like seven v seven like fun charity tournament against yeah. like some other some men's teams and some other like you know charity event stuff so she's up she's probably getting ready for that it was about okay. what i imagine yeah <laughs> that, that was like one of the times where i remember in i guess u.s women's what is it? Uh, Olympic history mm-hmm. where I felt like there was a lot of coverage behind that team. Yeah. Yeah. They always get like, I mean, that's one of the biggest, like, I mean, of all the American sports teams the women's soccer team is probably like one of the premier, but yeah, definitely Mia Hamm era was huge. I mean, they won a couple world cups back to back and, and Olympics back to back. She was huge for me when I was a kid. I was yeah, like, I had, that... a, I had a huge po- like door length poster of her. <laughs> in my room. Yeah. Get the cardboard cut out. Yeah. Do you have any crazy stories from that time? From like college? Yeah. Um, soccer stories, soccer or, stories. Or, or 
regular stories. I this is not like a this is not like a <laughs> me doing well story, but I was I was like I was on the bench for one of these games, and like my coach would tell me to go warm up, and he was like notorious for like telling people to warm up for like ever. Like it was never just like never <laughs> like hey, big warm up, go guy. warm up, yeah, go warm up, and I'll put you in the game in like five minutes. So I warm up for the whole second half. Don't go in. What were you doing though? What's the warm of us doing? Like yeah, just running up and just running up and down, pretending to stretch, like oh, being right, like kind of right. looking over at him, like, "Hey, you want you want me to go in yet?" Like yeah, yeah, yeah just kind of like you know, doing <laughs> all of these little side shuffles, right, you know, right, get right. the arms, even though we don't use those. Right, uh, right, right. You know, yeah, whatever. that is a funny thing. <laughs> Soccer players stretching their arms. So I, I go for like the whole like second half to warm up. And doesn't put me in. We go. Who to, are you playing? Virginia Tech. We go to overtime, and so Hokies. Hokies. They always were really rough. I didn't, wouldn't like playing them. But I, yeah, I would. I would. They look seem like a rough. They were just, bunch. and their their uh, their coach was like this tall guy who just like he was such a yeller. But like, and my coach yelled plenty. But this guy was like intense, and it, I wasn't even on his team. I was like, you need to calm down. <laughs> but anyway, so whole second half warming up. Whole first overtime period, I warm up. And don't go in. I'm warming up the entire second overtime period. One minute left in the game, he calls me over to go in. So before you get to that punchline here, what do you mean warming up? Are you in like your little jacket still? Like yeah, not, I'm just like, I'm in the penny. Oh, well, I got my jersey on, but I've got like my the penny on over it and all this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go in the game. But he's like, it's been now over 45 <laughs> minutes of me warming up. It's been a long warm up. I'm like, I'm never whatever. I'm it's just abusive. Not, literally, I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just not going to the game. And then a minute left in the second overtime period, he puts me in, and it we're we have a corner, an attacking corner, and I am not. I'm five foot five. I'm not a heading target. Like they're not going to try to get it to me to head the ball in. Like I'm like, why would you put me in for get somebody tall go in there? Like why would I go in the game? And you know, they, and all I do in this game is the ball goes in, and we get like counterattack. So I spend my, all I do is sprint back to try to slide tackle this girl, and it was like the one play I had the whole game. And I was like, I just warmed up for forty five minutes to do sprint the length of the field. It was ridiculous. What was the point of that? No, nothing. I was I, afterwards. I was like that. I was like, I wanted to be like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> do people in soccer red shirt? Like, were there red shirt players? On there your were team? red shirts. I for but, those of you who don't know what a red shirt is, you come in freshman year, and if you're not going to play the entire season, you could red shirt, and then you basically yeah. just repeat your. Freshman year, correct? Yeah, yeah. And then you get like an extra year of eligibility, which is funny now that yeah. like with COVID and stuff, there's like some people that are like doing like their seventh year basically because they had like a red shirt year. Because I think you get two red shirts here, don't you? I don't know. No, I didn't think, I didn't know that. I thought maybe you could get a medical one. I, I thought for some reason, anyway, regardless, people maybe now. Maybe there is a medical maybe, one and then also like an actual like playing one. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'll look it up, pop it up right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do a little graphics. Yeah, we do a little pop Okay, well, you'll find out now. Um, <laughs> but now then there's that COVID, like people get a COVID year if, yeah. they, if they play, if you know their career intersected with when COVID lockdown was. So um, there's people that are doing like seventh years, it seems like. Kids That's crazy. Like 25 year olds. But would you get a full scholarship if you have that red shirt year? How does it work? I think so, but I don't really know. I, don't, I guess it probably depends if you're good. <laughs> if yeah. you're good, they're going to give it to you. Yeah. I think the only time it would make sense to red shirt would be if you think you're legitimately going pro. So if you're playing like top, top level soccer, yeah. or you're playing football or I guess a baseball situation, something like that. But I don't know. Yeah. It seems like the only kids I've ever seen it work out for is like, wide receivers who come in like mad scrawny and they're like you're six seven you're gonna be great we just need to put some weight on you and then then you'll be good speaking of putting weight on do you see anybody on your team do anything illegal substance wise or not was it around like the program that wasn't super that wasn't super big and like honestly it was kind of the opposite i remember we had to do like a lot of uh drug they, tests we did have to do drug tests. We had to like, you know, the random drug testing they yeah, they're like come in at 6 a.m., which was always just like annoying. I, I don't, only a few people ever failed those. It wasn't like a huge deal. But I remember that like some of the men's soccer team would like 
they were, I don't know what they did at like a Halloween party, but then they had one like a couple days later and there was kids like they're just peeing running, beer. like running sprints with like jackets on to try to sweat it out like the morning before, like just like ru- oh doing like God. whatever this, they could. Like one time for me, they were testing us and then like I knew I was going to test positive for weed. So yeah. I was, I just drank an entire gallon of cranberry juice. I was peeing throughout the night. Yeah. Next day woke up. I failed the test. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Like the cranberry juice is just yeah. going to magically fix it. And I bought one of those detox things online yeah. like that XXX <laughs> Talks your pee is just chugging it. You gotta like it, you gotta do what you gotta do, and it's like not gonna yeah, work. That's you hilarious. Gotta, you gotta try. Garbage bags. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was yeah. But that's so funny. For like we had to, li- you know, we had like pretty regular like weightlifting schedule with like you know throughout all four years, and uh, we had to do a lot of like trap exercises because they want to like st- like stabilize your neck for heading, oh, for heading right. the ball and like and concuss- concussion prevention. Um, so we had to do a bunch of like trap that consistently doing like cleans and stuff like that. Like that was like one of the big exercise way to do a lot and uh every spring there would be like girls on my team who'd be like we want to go out to these darties now but and i want to wear a tank top but i have fucking huge traps (laughs) and i don't want to go out (laughs) it was like every year we'd be taking like team photos and like just huge massive traps and girls and like like, skinny arms though too they wanted to keep their arms skinny like it was just i mean they would be bulky though because like i mean they're athletic they're athletic women so they would just like bulk up and then it was just like and they're like you're like i can't believe these photos we took it looks so bad (laughs) yeah Yeah, next to these frat guys who were like so deconditioned yeah (laughs) and the girls have larger traps yeah yeah yeah. what was a common injury you saw like on your team uh acls are pretty common in like unfortunately i think just generally like in women's sports like i i just don't know if it's a way that like hips and legs are like like it's more common in women's and men's soccer um, so it's actually kind of like underfunded toward ACLs. Torn ACLs. I oh, think it has something to do with the way like your the angles of your hips and like the knee and just kind of the way that the hips are wider. Yeah, and just kind of generally the way women's bodies develop muscle. I think just kind of like it happens to be that there's more ACL tears. I don't I don't know all the science, but that's kind of like the general you know whatever. Um, so it's kind of an underfunded uh, like there's not a lot of research into ACL prevention, and I think it might be kind of generally sexistly ignored but um acls are kind of big unfortunately just because of how the acl injury is different in a man and a woman how it happens i think because it's not happening as much in men's sports it's not as like it's not as researched because i think if a lot i think if men were tearing acls at the same rate in like men's soccer i think it would be like research higher probably it just seems that men would get tears in all sorts of different places yeah yeah i don't know i mean i don't really know if there's a like one common injury in men's soccer but certainly in women's soccer like acls are pretty pretty common do you see any upper body injuries concussions you mentioned briefly like tightening your traps concussions some concussions not too bad one time two girls on my team hit like heads and the one had like a huge golf ball after that but that was kind of the there was a men's soccer team when i was a freshman he had he had like three concussions in the first semester and there was like a week a period of a week where he legit was in his room the lights were off the roommate had to move out uh crazy shit like that which you otherwise wouldn't think would happen in soccer yeah yeah it's pretty i mean a lot of headers and stuff like that so like and it's not really hitting the ball it's like you run into another person you bonk heads that's usually what's worse about it would you say that soccer is a sport that you need to start early if you really want to get to the pros because that's really in for tennis that's really what you need to do just yeah. in order to get the body motion down do you think that soccer is similar yeah i think because it's like probably similar to tennis like you know if you basketball football like you're used to using your hands in other parts of your life but like you, uh, you're not really used to using your feet and having like or an extension like a tennis racket right, right or like golf or something like that like it's just like kind of a right. totally unnatural motion in terms of like what else you do in life so i think uh i think yeah if you start early like your 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 foot skills will be much 
better because you're just going to grow. And like when you're young, that's when you can like actually like internalize. It's like learning a language. Like yeah. you, you internalize you it much it better then. So like anybody who starts, even if you're really athletic, if you start later, it's kind of hard to pick up. Did anyone push you to play soccer? Or play sports? No, I was pretty into it. I was pretty into it young. I think, like, I remember my dad, like, literally showing me, like, clips of me at Ham, and I was like, that is awesome. I want to do that. And then I, like, signed up for a soccer league. And I always play, I played soccer and basketball, like, all the way through high school. So I played basketball, too. But Was there a chance for you to play college basketball, like, D3? Mm, uh, maybe, maybe, like, uh, like, a small D3 school that really needed somebody. But, like, because <laughs> like, I was athletic, but I, I, I wasn't a very good shooter or anything. I was, I was kind of small, so I was, like, I was not very – I was a good passer, decent dribbler, but uh-huh. definitely, like, high school was kind of be my ceiling for that. How was your college experience, though, overall? It was good. I, I liked college. I mean, it was uh, – it's interesting, like, if I went back now – I think I'd probably still do most things the same because um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take back that like playing career for anything. But I do wish I'd like done more with comedy stuff in college because like I have so many friends now in New York who like were fully doing like writing stuff and doing much more with their time in school and like learning how to like, you know, write scripts and like film things. And like I don't have any of that skill set because I just like didn't study any of that or didn't yeah. like, look, seek it out. So I wish I'd like had a professor that could have like taught me something in like a safe environment to fail and to try and like not feel like I'm learning this all for the first time now, like on my own without any supervision or guidance from anybody other than like peers who can, or like, I also tried to write a script. Yeah. You know? Do you ever watch YouTube or um, try and figure out how to do things like maybe that you would have learned in college? Yeah. 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 Way? Yeah. I like uh, yeah, YouTube, Reddit, other places where <laughs> anybody can give information. And you're like, that seems right. Yeah. <laughs> do your friends who were in those classes though, do they feel like it was a, experience worth whatever it was seventy thousand dollars a year because it's it's getting different you see that you can literally learn anything on youtube and i'm sure like yeah your generation being just a couple years out of college you're starting to see that there's a lot of information for free online totally totally yeah i don't i mean there's most kids i know that like went to like nyu or something who oh yeah Fresh Probably, 80k year yeah now. a lot of them don't really seem to think that like their their you know degree in screenwriting is like you know getting them miles ahead in the industry now i don't think so i don't really think so i mean i think i think it kind of depends i think the connections are probably worth the the money networking um and like the you know having done stuff before so feeling comfortable on on a set or like knowing like all the people you would need to contact if you wanted to film something yourself like i don't know like okay what's a first ad i don't even really know you know Uh like that kind of stuff but um but I, I don't think like a lot of the people I've talked to are like, oh, I actually wish I studied like history or something like not just like screenwriting because I didn't like, really learn history or just like anything like, yeah. like something more humanities or like just anything else. Because they're like, well, because now this is what I'm going to try to do forever. I wish I'd studied something else for four years. Interesting. You know, do you play soccer now? Yeah, I play a bunch, I, I play a bunch of like pickup. There's this app oh, wow. called Street FC. That's like uh, they do these like basically they just like have like a bunch of like street courts. That's five V five. So it's like, Where, like McCarran Park type. Sometimes it's on it's on like hard surface. So it's like on like a basketball court. So it's like it's kind of like futsal, which is like a it's kind of like indoor. Yeah. So you like, doing slide tackle and shit. No, or what? no, no, no. Which is why I like it better because I've played on grass and like adult men's leagues and yeah. guys get pretty like gnarly with the tackles I'm sure. and I'm like I'm not trying to get. <laughs> you ever played Chelsea Pierce? <laughs> Uh, I, I've never played at Chelsea Pierce, but I, I've uh, I've heard it's it's pretty intense. When you pl- when you play on that app, do they like? 
set you at a level and you know like what group is which yeah so you like so you you have like a profile and then they have like games at the drop and then you just like sign up for the game you want to go to which is nice too because you don't have to like commit to like every tuesday at nine i'm free because obviously with like comedy that's not always like predictable schedule so you just like can play whenever you want and uh but they you have a rating at at the end of every game you like rate the other players (laughs) really yeah because like yelp it's kind of crazy and so there some of the some of it it, like half of it is like was this person chill or were they like kind of an asshole so that they can hopefully like weed out that kind of behavior i've never really played with anybody who's been too egregious people are pretty friendly at it but um then you rate like their skill level because then there's like advanced games and regular games and beginner games so like you can only play in the advanced games if you like have a certain rating so you what's to, your rating though uh i think is it it's better than your uber rating yeah, whip out yeah. The phone. <laughs> check it out let's see let's dude see it's it crazy my uber rating is 4.6 i never even use the app dude, every time i'm in an uber i'm a not i'm a nice guy mine's a four mine's a four seven rating. and people make fun of me and i was like yeah, what the fuck i don't know why because i always tip nicely like i, I i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, very I I'm just quiet i'm never with like loud people yeah. i try not to be i feel like in the past that's probably let's, been one of my issues going home from the clue yeah just being too loud yeah, it's probably my friends fucking up my rating, not me. <laughs> um, let's see if it loads. But this is the app. Yeah, so this is mine. So I have a 4.5 out of 5. So it tells you, <laughs> Chill. So it tells you like, how dying. many games you've played, and you have your little profile. It's cool. If anybody in the city plays Street FC, it's very cool. And the people that run it are Never super since nice. June 2019. But you haven't been in the city since June 2019. Do you play in Savannah with it? So no, that's when I I got the app because I was like gonna move up here and I was like, oh, I want to play. Oh shit! And you yeah, were checking yeah. out the soccer. Yeah, check it out. Check up. it out. Yeah. What's the best part of your neighborhood thus far? And you've lived there for how long? This is your second year on the second lease. Second year, yeah. Second year in Greenpoint. It's, did, it's did great. To, did you have to re-sign that lease or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We uh, we have like this. Uh, we have this. Our landlord's. Uh, it's like a very Polish neighborhood. So we have this. Like, yes, old, very Polish. Old Polish Yibasa. lady. Yeah, who's like and the G train has like owned this building forever, and she <laughs> she doesn't want us going on the roof because it's not like a it's not like a finished roof. You like fall through. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows what's going on up there? But so she is very strict about the roof. Like not very strict about most things, but the roof. She's like you go on the roof, Nico. Yeah, you're yeah. getting kicked out of the building. <laughs> and she uh, she like went went as far as to put powder down all over the roof so that if you go up there, powder. It's like a crime. She'll see footprints on it and also be able to track it back to your apartment what happens <laughs> it's kind of genius what happens when it rains though i don't know, I don't know. she's going, she's going up back up there and stuff but like does I, she live in the building she doesn't but she's always around on sundays kind of checking out yeah. the trash situation the recycles seeing what's up how many apartments are the building uh to seven a yeah. lot of small buildings like yeah, that in yeah. um, Greenpoint. Yeah, it's nice. I really like it. I mean, there's great food in the area. We got great yeah. parks. It's like it's it's a dream. I love it over there. My sister is in uh, Greenpoint, off of uh, uh, maybe I'll have to bleep this out. Street. Oh, cool. Yeah, like right in that neighborhood. So yeah. I spent some time there. I like it there. And then it, I think in uh, that neighborhood in Brooklyn, it seems like a lot of people are our age ish, twenty five to thirty five, are moving in. Families over there. Some young families. I see, like, yeah. like babies, but not a ton of, like... I mean, s- some, like, you know, like, middle school-age kids, but it doesn't really seem like... It feels like Park, Park Slope is more, like, kind of where those, like, older families are, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of, like, babies. You see yourself in New York City the rest of your life? I think so. I think so. I don't... I mean, I've been to L.A. one time, and I don't think I was really in, like, the... Uh, like areas I would want to hang out in. I was yeah. mostly in like the Hollywood area. And so was that like, when you did Netflix is a joke out yeah, there? Yeah. Nice. Let's talk about that. Yeah. It was really cool. I was, uh, I got to do this. Uh, they like did like a new showcase kind of thing for new talent. Uh, and so they like had like some auditions out in New York and LA and I was lucky enough to get to, to do it. And, uh, it's my first time in LA, first time doing anything taped. So that was like very cool. Um, got to meet some very cool people and, and it was really 
fun opportunity. Um, and yeah, so that's when I was out there, but it was in Hollywood, like where we taped the thing and that's where I stayed. So I think it was kind of like, if you come to New York and you stay in Times Square, like you're not really, you might yeah, be like, this yeah, kind of yeah, sucks. Yeah, and it's right. like, yeah, because Times Square sucks. But, um, so I'd love to go back and like see it, but I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really, I love being somewhere walkable. It feels like it's like a community. Like it just seems like LA is like super spread out. I don't know. Not doesn't seem like for me. Did you drive a lot when you were in Savannah? Yeah, yeah. Driving. Yeah, I like driving. I like you know. I like to be in the car. It's, it's nice to be in the like. That's one thing I do miss is like you don't really have a lot of alone time in the in the city unless you live by yourself. But like, mm-hmm. in your, or if your roommate's out. But like, there's you know, even if you're in transport, like you're on the train with a thousand other people, you're in, you're in <laughs> yeah. an Uber with somebody else. Like you don't yeah. get to like sit there and like you know like sing out loud or talk to yourself. You know anything that I you know I'm used to from like driving around. So I, I would miss that part of it. That part would be nice. Going forward in New York, you have things that you're looking forward to? Maybe end of the summer, things coming up, yeah. traveling-wise? I'm looking forward to, uh, I, lo- I love the summer in New York. I think it always has, like, a great, like, energy. I'm, I'm looking forward to this month for Pride Month. It'll be a lot of fun. There's always, like, fun parties and things going on. It'll be a great time. You show all, all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, summer's always super fun. I, I love, like, August when it's, like, kind of, like, winding into the fall and, like, things are slowing down a little bit again. I, I just... Uh, I hate I hate the cold, so Dude, I'm I'm happy it. to be in like the in the sweet spot of it. Like even if it's like sweaty, I'm I'm so <laughs> I just so for prefer it? it. When it's like four o'clock and it's cold and it's dark, I I can't. I yeah. just I shut down. <laughs> Have you found a nice community of friends here? Yeah, I've been very lucky. Like I I you know just started doing. I all my friends are like people I know through comedy and just like you know folks I've met doing open mics and. In you know, just like get to see all the time. And we, we were just a bunch of us were watching uh, this show, this new, have you seen the ultimatum on Netflix? I keep seeing it. What is it? So it's a show where they have a bunch of couples who one party has given the other an ultimatum. We get married or we're done, you know, so healthy, good start. <laughs> good start for reality TV. Say, yeah. They should be done. Yeah, no, exactly. Of course. So they, <laughs> so they bring them all into this game and they're this like game show and uh, they, go around and like date the other people that are also on the show and then they like pick a new partner to live with for like three weeks to see if the, and do like a trial marriage is this a this isn't with nick and vanessa lachey right so so there is one with nick and vanessa lachey but there's a queer version that we've been watching which is with all lesbian couples and it is amazing so there's a lot of drama more drama a lot of drama well the the one other thing it's like they have more pairing options because they'll date you know, when they have like hetero couples on, it's like, well, then all the women are dating all the other men and all the men are dating other women, but with the lesbian couples, they're all dating each other. Like there's no limit to the amount of pairings they could do. So like that's, that's kind of adding some, some drama and some like yeah, some, some spice. people wanting the same person and you know, all that good stuff. So anyway, a bunch of friends and I were just watching that the other night. It's some of the best reality TV that there, there is. Right <laughs> what other reality shows do you like? I love the Kardashians. Sure. I think they're doing, I had a moment. Incredible. You, work. you still, you still think they're doing well. You don't think they're falling off. I think that they are doing something completely new with the new Kardashian show. Like I, I never really watched keeping up, but keeping up the like original one they had, had a lot more of like the kind of like Jersey shore. Like well, as opposed fighting. to what? The one on Hulu now, the one on Hulu now it's different. I think it's, it's so it's produced by them. So they're like, it's kind of like, it's basically Kardashian propaganda and I'm, eating it up. Is it just like a Kardashian vlog? Kind of. Really? It, I mean, it, and it's super, <laughs> yeah, it's super highly produced. I think they like are really doing, a, they're doing a good job of painting themselves exactly how they want to, which okay. is cool to see. Yeah. And I think Kim Kardashian is just like the best at being famous. And it's cool to watch somebody be the best at anything. And like seeing a little bit behind the scenes of like how much she works and like all the things like she's compared to the rest of them. She's always plotting and always trying to like get 
I don't know. I just think it's it's cool to see that and like be like, okay, she like she's this big because she's working at it. Like she's not just happened to be like beautiful and like you know and got all these plastic surgeries and done whatever and married the right guys and whatever. Like she's she's working. And Seems I, like she's always a step ahead. To yeah, honest, yeah, yeah, even yeah. If you don't like her, yeah. So I I enjoy like watching that. I think it's fascinating. So I uh, so I love Kardashians. I'm trying to think, we I watched a uh, Farmer Wants a Wife. No, that sounds ridiculous. It's crazy. It's on Fox. It's it's just like a couple Farmer city, a couple city gals coming out to the farmers. Is it like rich farmers, or so that's the thing. That's actually an interesting dynamic. Is like some of them are like you know rich, like multimillionaire farmers. Got a and big cornfield, yeah, huge farm. That's like that's all the corn <laughs> you've ever eaten is from this farm. Like, yeah. it's like some are that vibe, and some are like kind of more like you know you're, if you're coming out to the Rural. farm, you got to work the farm, and so hey, that's kind of a, a dynamic to too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, well, you mentioned Jersey Shore. Are you excited for Sammy coming back? I have never seen Jersey Shore. Oh my God. That's what something I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I guess on the reality front. That's yeah. just like a, that's a trashy reality show though. Oh, uh, it's, I mean, that's when it was good though. I, I don't, yeah, I, like part 2010s. of me doesn't like, I mean, I think. You were that, a little too young around then when they, when it first came out. Yeah, probably. I missed that a little bit, but I, I think that there's some, some, some good aspects to them, like toning down some of the way that they, I think a lot of people probably got painted in a negative light by producers. Totally. Of, of, like things taken out of context and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, or maybe encouraged to be crazy. And I'm sure they yeah, don't start a fight. love how that reflected on them. But I think we've gone a little bit too far in the other direction. Like sometimes I think some reality shows like The Bachelor over the last couple of years has gotten almost too sterile because okay. nobody wants to make a fool of themselves. I saw, what's his name, Matt? Was the tall black guy's name, Matt? Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck, what was his last name? He went to Wake. Yeah, he and Tyler Cameron both went to Wake Forest. Matt, and he was dating Rachel. Yeah. Come on, guys. Who is that? I saw him in the park the other day. I was like, what's up, Matt? And he thought like he knew me. And then like, I didn't do the stop and chat. He was about to do the stop and chat. I was like, no, bro. I just That's know so you funny. from that show. You know yeah. what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. But anyway, so I feel like they've all gotten a little bit like sterile. So I'm, I'm happy to see some of them. have got a little bit of that spice back. Like yeah. this ultimatum is very spicy, very sexy. Like I'm like, it's like. Yeah. Netflix has how reality TV shows. Are supposed Love is to blind be. ever. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the first season of that one. I like some of that. Yeah. Back in quarantine. I watched that. Yeah. Nice. Nice, man. So Nico, before we get out of here, yeah. uh, let us know where we can find you again, what you've got coming up. That's exciting. Yeah. And, uh, I guess what you're looking most forward to still being a New York citizen. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Nico Carney, N-I-C-O-C-A-R-N-E-Y. And uh, I run a monthly show called Boys Club at Club Coming. If you're in New York City, come check it out. Uh, Who's Alan, the actor that's associated with that? Alan. Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. It's that's his club. It's yeah. If you know Alan, Alan Cumming, yeah, that's the name. He owns the club. Um, and then I'm doing a half hour on uh, the 27th, June 27th at Littlefield in Brooklyn. If you want to come see that. Definitely check that out. Nico. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Thanks, Thanks so much for me, coming on the yeah. pod. Good to meet you, dude. Guys, come to the Ted Jones Comedy Show this Thursday. Check the link in this YouTube video. Come see Nico. Come see your boy, Ted Jones. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much, guys. Peace.